yeah, anyway, we just met over Christmas, just kind of like briefly. And then we just kept keeping in touch. It was different at first because like we were both like pretty hesitant because, I mean, she lives here and I was in North Carolina. So it was just kind of hard to be like, oh, we were just long both distance hesitant. life, long distance, dude. Um, but anyway, we just kept talking um, over FaceTime and text. And then I flew out. I was flying to a wedding in San Diego for one of my best friend's wedding, like late January. So this is maybe like four weeks after we've been talking. And I had a, like a 12 hour layover in Denver both ways. Cause you know, you fly frontier mm-hmm. and it's just the worst. Oh, you fly frontier. Dude, it's the cheapest and, but it's horrible. It's, it's it like is flying horrible. on a lawn chair in the sky, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had like a 12 hour layover and I was like, Hey, like I'll be in Denver, like for this huge layover. Uh, we should like try to hang out. She's like, okay. So she like picked me up from the airport mm-hmm. at like one eight, like midnight. My flight got in so late. Midnight. We went to In and Out, got In and Out, went back to her apartment, um, ate, and and then we just like talked. And then she went upstairs to sleep, and I slept on the couch because she had to be to work the following morning at like mm-hmm. six a.m. Mm-hmm. So then we woke up. Mm-hmm. We woke up, and then I took her to work. Well, not took her to work. I rode with her to work. Mm-hmm. And then she did some stuff at work that she had to. And then she was able to like leave work. We went and grabbed coffee. And then she dropped me off at the airport. And then went to the wedding, San Diego, flew back through Denver for another like eight hour layover. She picked me up on that layover. We went and grabbed lunch with like my sisters, which I was like, hey, I know you don't know me. We haven't been talking that long. Do you want to meet my sisters? And she was like, sure. So then we went to lunch uh, with my sisters and then she took me to the airport again. So that was like when we like first were like, okay, like we're interested in each other. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we just continued talking and we're kind of definitely more intentional with it. Mm-hmm. And then she flew out to visit me in North Carolina on like a four day weekend, like right before I started the mm-hmm. prep course, which is like the five weeks of prep it's called special special what's it called special forces preparation course mm-hmm. it's like five weeks you prep before you go to selection mm-hmm. and every like 18 x-ray has to go through that program um yeah so she came out that four day before like i right before i started that and that's when we like really hit it off um wow. we went, to eat, went on a few dates everything like that and then um sent me some pictures sent you some pictures told you about it. And then we never, mm-hmm. we weren't like dating after that. We were just like more intentional with it. And then we were like talking more and more. And then that's when I was like, texted you and talked to you about it. And I was like, all right, I think I just need to make this official, even though it's like distance and we haven't even like hung out that much in person, but everything like leading up to it was like awesome and legit and just like kind of mm-hmm. like weirdly worked out and lined up. And I was like, okay, like, I think this will work. And then I just asked her to be my girlfriend. And then I left for a month. <laughs> and you left for a month for uh, and then I left selection. For, a month for selection, correct. Which is the story I can't wait to hear. Yeah, it's a good one. But, hey, so you guys have been together how long? All in all? Two. Just like the whole thing? The whole thing? We've known uh, like five months. Five months. Hey, yeah, all right. Five months, yeah. Well, everybody, this is my good friend, Ethan. He is has recently finished selection for special forces in the United States Army, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Did I, I, correct. I didn't say that incorrectly. 
No. Yep. Special no. Forces Assessment and Selection. All right. Yeah. Ethan was on a little over a year ago, and he did one of our most popular episodes called Desert Seasons, where he told his story about surviving a really, really crappy, long-winded, window-washing barista time of his life (laughs) while he's waiting on the DEA and San Diego police to call him back. And now he is part of the United States Special Forces in the Army. Correct. Which is amazing. I'm in in, in that process. Basically, selection's like the application to get into the school. Yep. So I still got like a year of schooling to go to make Mm -hmm. it official, but it's like just like, hey, you're in now. Like. You passed. You're you have a, I didn't, I didn't, oh, I didn't. I don't think I realized you had a year of school. But yeah, still. I have. Like everybody, like when you're out there, everybody's always like, I mean, like before you go to selection, it's always just this like big mountain in front of you, you know? Because like mm-hmm. you hear everybody coming back, and you hear the horror stories, and you hear the people that didn't make it, and you're like, oh, you made it, but like this dude didn't make it. This dude's a stud. So you're like, what the heck's gonna happen? And then when you get over that like mountain, like you're world's completely different it's like completely mm-hmm. changed just like everybody like all the sergeants and cadre and instructors just treat you like a little bit different more like a human mm-hmm. and not just like a some punk off the street who's yeah. trying to like make it into like special forces but yeah well, um, you still look skinny too from your dude i i'm staying at a good weight and i don't want to go any heavier i just want to go down remind um, me you said you lost 20 pounds 30 pounds yeah like 15 to 20 i went into selection at 240 and 235 240 i don't know and then i came out like around like 217 220 yeah i like weighed i like weighed myself and i guarantee it i lost the most amount of calories the last like five days Mm -hmm. of of well yeah you're like a you're like a captain america 240 you're not like Uh, yeah you're not like a serial bum on the couch kind of no 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 i'm not like a yeah i'm just you're like captain america I'm big 240. Yeah. <laughs> but it hurts to run. It hurts to run. And when you because throw like an 80 pound, yeah. I and mean, then when you throw yeah. like an 80 pound rucksack on and you have to go like mm. 12 or 16 miles, you just move a little bit slower than the dudes mm. who weigh like 180 pounds and can mm-hmm. just move really quick. Uh huh. Well, so I'm they're giving ex- tapes. I can't wait to hear this story. I told Ethan as soon as he got back, he texted me. He's like, I, I got selected. And I was like, I need to hear this story immediately. Yeah. Immediately. And I also was like, well, don't say anything that would compromise what you just accomplished. But one, I want to hear the story because I've known Ethan for a long time and I love him. Two, I've always been curious as what it's like to go through this kind of process. And then three, last time he was on this podcast, he was coming out of a desert season trying to figure out what was next. And here we are. So if you remember, you can go back and listen to that podcast. He was in San Diego for a long time. He was a barista. Mm-hmm. Then he was washing windows. Mm-hmm. Waited almost. Was it over a year for the DEI? Yeah, it was like almost DEI. two years. It was yeah, like almost right two years. Almost two years. Yep. Didn't get selected for the police force in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So a lot of rejection there. Decided I'm going to the army. Got to the army and did something to your knee. You tore your meniscus, didn't you? Yeah, I had a I had a minor meniscal tear. And it was because like, so I from jumping out of an airplane, right? Nah, uh, sort of, you know, sort of, sort of. Yeah. So it was also jumping like airborne school was all before jumping out of airplanes, doing all the running and stuff. And I had a prior injury and then I was home on leave and I twisted it and mm. I just like popped so it. I was it, like, well, that's not good. All that to say, it was one thing after another of defeat, 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 defeat. 
and he kept pushing through and here we are today so i can't wait to hear this story Mm -hmm. Uh, last time you had just finished special uh or um what had you had you just finished airborne school when we were yeah i just yeah i just probably like a few months before i'd finished airborne school okay and i was out at bragg you're at bragg which is in north carolina yep fort bragg north carolina okay will you pick up the story for us then because you had to make a decision you because you were hurt you had to like Mm -hmm. finish a run or you had to finish something yeah they were like you either got to do this or you're not going home that's exactly right so you're going home yeah um, so let's start there so so when you get to brag you're at like the the school it's like all it's like fourth battalion and that's where like all of army special forces train so like the green berets are there psyops and civil affairs um And if you get injured, you have like 90 days on profile to like heal, recover, do rehab, whatever you got to do to get back to training. And if you don't return to training, like so RTD, return to training, at the end of those 90 days, they usually kick you out and are like, hey, come back in two years when you're healed. You can come back to like the school. You can come back to selection. So, excuse me. I was like I tore my knee in July. So I was in, it's called SWERT. It's like where souls go to die. Like all the injured, broken people are. <laughs> what a name, um, Swert. Swert, dude. It's like special warfare recovery training. I don't know what the second T stands for. I didn't care to learn it. Um, and so if you're there past your 90 days, that's correct. You will get like RTD and sent to a regular army unit, like a regular army airborne unit. And they're like, hey, come back in two years. So yeah, we did the podcast and fast forward, I was still... I hadn't been able to run. So, oh, sorry. To test out, you have to pass like an army PT test, which is hand release push-ups, a two-mile run, and like six pull-ups. So the push-ups and the pull-ups. A two-mile like, okay, run fine. in 14 and minutes, an, right? Uh, 1424 is the minimum right? for the two-mile run. So I was like, okay, push-ups and pull-ups are fine, but I haven't been running in months, you know? And it was getting close to my 90 days, and I was like, Oh shoot! I better guess. I better start running, even though the knees are still a little wacky. So I started practicing running, and this is like October. I'm like, I hit my 90 days, or like mid October, late October, I think it was. I hit my 90 days, and I was like, all right, well, like I'm RTDing. Went up to the office, was like, here's my paperwork. Um, because actually, what they do is they sit you on like a med board with like the the PA that's there, a few of the cadre. And they're like, hey, are we keeping this guy? What's the extent of his injury? Are we going to like allow him to do this or that? Or, or are we going to kick him out? So anyway, it was either I RTD'd or I'd go to this med board. And I would have definitely been kicked out in the med board. But so I go to RTD and like mentally, I was just like, dang, like, is this what I want to do? I haven't been running. It's been like three weeks that I've been training to run. And I ran a two mile like right before my test. And I was at 15 minutes. And I was like, that's I remember not that, good. You, yeah, you that's, called. that's not good. But so then you, you took, also... Oh, no, I'll continue. Yeah, I took the first PT test, failed it, failed the run, was fine on the push-ups and pull-ups, failed the run. And I was like, well, that freaking sucks. So they give you one more try. So I was like, all right, I got one more try. We'll get this done. And I ran a bunch, as much as I could, like, that week, because they give you a week to do it. On and a broken knee. Yeah, on, like, the torn knee. I was, I was moving pretty slow, because I was, like, not – anyway, then I ran a two-mile – like on a Sunday and the test was on Tuesday and I ran it in like 14, 1424 or, no, or something like 1424 no, 14, was yeah. Cause you called me and was. you said, 
I just ran 1424. And I was like, that, because yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, you, you made it, but now you got to do it again. Yeah. So like the, so I take the test, pushups, pull-ups are fine. I'm on the run. And like, I hit my, like literally cross the finish line at 1424. I did like a leap to like get there. And I like, my foot crosses it. And I like look at the sergeant and he goes, all right, Swift that side, which is like where the people who passed went. And I was like, oh, thank God. So anyway, went back to training and then just like basically survived because you sit in like this waiting period. It's called AT. It's like a waiting training. That's where you sit before you go to selection in the Hold prep on. course. Pause. Pause. Oh, you moved on before we can appreciate what just happened. Oh, because I will back it up. Well, you almost didn't make it. And the thing that you had to do to make it was run on a bum knee. Mm-hmm. So that on a time when you were ready to quit, you were like, I was, I, I was ready. You were to like, quit. this I is, had... this is my sign. This is, I, I can't do this. I've, I've been hurt. Is one more thing, mm-hmm. and you were ready to quit. Yeah, I was you... ready. I was, I wasn't. I don't think I was ready to quit. I was ready to accept what was about to happen. But I think also internally, after failing that first PT test, I was like, oh shoot, like, kind of like lost the motivation to like keep going and doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that that was a that was a proud moment for me because you <laughs> you were calling and you were like I don't know what to do. Uh huh. I had I so many back. I had so many backup plans. I had like mm-hmm. all right. If I don't get this, like I was like I'll go to officer candidate school. I'll be an officer. I'll come back as an officer. I was like mm-hmm. I'll lateral tra- I'll lateral transfer to the Coast Guard or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was like I had all these backup plans. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the Lord, I got it through and it was awesome. And I was so thankful I did that. I was like I'll oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Like that was just mm-hmm. one other thing that would have just been super crappy to have, but it wasn't think, like good. Well, I think the thing that made me so proud was you were either going to, you had your backup plans. Yeah. But you, you were trying to decide, are you going to just go ahead and go with the backup plans or are you going to do the run and let the fate of the run decide what you were going to do? Exactly. You know what I mean? So if you pass the yeah. run, you can still continue forward. But if you, don't pass the run. You've got backup plans, and at least you tried. You gave everything. Yeah, that, that was when, my when you thing. decided when you decided to run. I was so proud of you. I, th- I thought that <laughs> I was, was like, just I, the greatest thing. I was like, I got to do this stupid run. You do got to do this, and dude. You got beat up for years and years and years and years, yeah. and you're like, I'm not quitting. Yeah, that was the big thing. Mm-hmm. I think always sitting there, I was just like, all right, like I, I was like, I can't. I'm not quitting this. I'm not. No matter like, yeah that whole situation. I was like, I can't quit this. Cause then I don't know when you quit things, it just, it's easier to quit the next thing. And then the next thing. And I was like, this is something that I did for myself. And I was like, I cannot let this slip through my fingers or mm. do that. So yeah, doing that run and then letting like the set, like the fate of the run, um, decide. And I, I mm. pushed like as hard as I could at that time. And boom. I had made that it. 1424 right at the buzzer beater. Right the buzzer, buzzer beater finish. <laughs> yeah. So and then you went um, to what dude, you were just and saying. And then like, yeah. And then you go to like awaiting training, which is like where you wait. And they didn't have a prep class. Like I said, you have to go to like the special uh forces preparation course for five weeks before you go to selection. And so they didn't have one from November all the way till I went in February. So what we do is we just PT with like the cadre's there. And literally I called you on this too. My first day back, 
I tested out a squirt on Tuesday. They moved me over to the office on Thursday. On Friday was a 10 mile ruck. And I was like, you Which, what is a, for, can you explain right, what, right. what a ruck is? Basically it's put your backpack on and then you go X amount of miles. You like either run it, you walk it. It's just like moving from point A to point B. And how much is the, does the backpack weigh? Uh, it's 45 pounds dry, but then you have to have six liters of water. So that adds like close to 10 and 11 pounds. So 60 pounds, like, 50 to 60 pounds. Yeah. 50, 60 pounds. And my buddy and I look at each other and we're like, I was like, I haven't put my ruck on since like our last 12 mile ruck in basic. I was like, this is going to be, this is going to hurt. And I was super worried about it. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I went out there and did the ruck past the ruck. Um, I had a pretty decent time. Like I was pretty stoked with my time for not like being able to run or do any of that for that mm -hmm. long. But mm -hmm. anyway, so it was just like, and I was like, all right, we'll see what the knee does. So yeah, those months was just like, sur I want to say survive. I don't want to say survive, but I want to say survive with my knee because we were running close to like 30 miles some weeks. Like it was insane. Like Mondays would be like a five mile ruck in the morning. Tuesday would be, we would work with like these civilians and do some like team building exercise. Wednesday would be a timed five mile run. You have to do it in 40 minutes or less. Thursday would be a ruck run. So we'd ruck three miles around this loop, drop our ruck, throw our tennis shoes on and then run another three. And then Friday would be like a long ruck. So Y'all run a lot. We run and ruck so much. And like the knee was just, the knee was hurting, but mm -hmm. it wasn't limiting me from doing what I needed to do at the time. So I was like, all right, we're going to keep going. And I think it like really taught me to know like, Hey, there's a difference between being hurt and injured. Like mm -hmm. the knee, like I asked a bunch of like the physical therapists and everything. And like the knee wasn't clicking. The knee wasn't limiting any motion. Yeah. Like when I would run, I'd be like, yeah, that does not feel good. But you know, I just kept going through it. So I did that like training cycle and that program for a long time from probably like, I'd say like late, early November, all the way to December, December, we finished with a 16 mile ruck and I'd never rucked 16 miles before. The longest I'd gone was 12. Um, so I was stoked, stoked to do a 16 mile. And then like right after that 16 mile, we went home for Christmas for two, two weeks. Can I ask <clears throat> how long does a 10 mile ruck typically take? So like the standard, everything has a standard. Um, so usually, so the standards are a two, like two mile run time, five mile run, and then a 12 mile ruck. So for the 12 mile ruck, you should be able to do it in three hours or less. So it's about 15 minutes a mile, three hours or less, Okay. three hours or less. So a 12 mile ruck will be about 15 minutes a mile. So if you're within mm -hmm. that, like you're fine, you'll make it. Mm -hmm. That's still, that's, um, that's still a good amount of that's moving pretty quick with weight on your back. I've done some hikes with my little girl on, mm -hmm. in her backpack, and that yeah. weighs about 40 pounds, yeah. and it takes me a couple hours to go about four miles. Yeah. It's, so uh, maybe I should buy a ruck. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm, buy something, throw some weight in it, and just go for walks. But I do like the uh, – it's called like the airborne shuffle. Mm -hmm. It's like – it's not like a full run. You're just kind of like shuffling your feet, mm -hmm. and you're just like – going and like there's so many different strategies to do it like obviously like always i always run the downhills to like gain mm -hmm. some momentum 
Yeah. Walk the walk the uphills. I ran some of the uphills sometimes and I was like, that is just stupid. I'm not doing that. Like these dudes are like passing me and they're walking and I'm like trying to run up this hill. Um so yeah, you do all that and then you like run the straightaways because like the straightaways are fine. So there's like a bunch of different but dude, some of the guys like can walk can walk close to like a twelve thirty mile pace, just walking. So like they're taking huge strides. And they're just like cruising through. Dang, really? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. I'm like, I don't know how you guys do that. Because like when I slow down to walk, like you wear your Garmin, you know, and you're like tracking. I'm uh-huh. like, dang, I'm at a 16 mile pace, and I'm 16 minute mile pace, and I'm walking right now. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's um, rucking's fun, but it also sucks. Yeah, it's just a good time. You know, it's you're just out time. there by yourself. It's like definitely mm-hmm. a mental grind. Because you can't listen to any music mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it's just like you and your thoughts grinding. Mm-hmm. And it goes by faster than you would think. Especially like when you hit the turnaround point and you go back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that leads me to like January. And then off on that rucking tangent. January and then, yeah, still doing a bunch of running, still pushing through on my knee. Was still like worried about it, but just kept going on it. And then mm-hmm. we started the prep course in February. And yeah, five weeks. The prep course for selection. For selection, yeah. So all like eighteen X-rays, um, eighteen X-ray, eighteen series is like the special forces title, and then the X is just like you don't know your job yet, and it's basically where they like pull guys like me off the street and go straight to special forces training. Otherwise you could join the army as like a regular job, like a cook or an infantry or an engineer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Go to your unit for a few years and be like, I don't want to be in the regular army. I want to try special forces. And then you'll drop a packet. So those are the two ways to go. Mm-hmm. But the 18 X-ray pipeline is pretty, pretty popular. So it takes like guys like off the street, like me, just right out of college, zero experience like you said, was working in washing windows, coffee shops and coaching CrossFit and then boom, going forward. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So then the prep course is a pretty structured thing. It's five weeks long. You do PT every morning, you do your runs and then every week you do a ruck. So you like build up over the five weeks, you do a four mile ruck, six mile, eight, 10, 12. And you just do PT. You learn how like pack it, like they give you a ruck packing class. So like, army has issued us like these big backpacks with for all of our stuff you know mm-hmm. so they show you how to pack like your sleeping bag how to pack all your wet weather gear how to pack your uniforms your socks your boots all the stuff you need mm-hmm. they just pack it up so they just teach you how to do that then the mm-hmm. biggest like thing the prep course is huge for is land nav and so like land navigation, land navigation. Give, yeah. yeah so they give you a week of class on how to do land navigation so you like sit down you do all these powerpoints you um they give you a compass map protractor all the all the other stuff and then they teach you how to do it they teach you how to shoot azimuths they teach you how to do pace counts they teach you all this stuff and then after those classroom times then you go out in the field for about three days and then you conduct land navigation out in the field so in the prep course it's just you sleep out there at night and then they give you like these different points and it's like a 10 digit grid so you like plot the grid on your map and then you figure out your route and then you walk to the point. So you do that for about 
three days. And that's like really good practice because I was not good at land nav. Not good at land nav. Um, so yeah, the mm -hmm. practice out there with the prep course was huge for me. It just like helped me build my confidence of like walking in the woods by yourself, going through it and then just like trusting, trusting where you're at, trusting like your plan and everything going forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah, prep. And then the last week you do like a test out week. It's called, yeah, it's like the test out week. So we do a PT test in the morning. We do our timed five mile run <clears throat> and uh, we do our 12 mile ruck. So we do all those things that final week. And like for the time five mile run, it's like 40 minutes or less. And I'm still like, I'm running like 38s and 39s. I'm like still right there while like other dudes are running like 35. So I'm like, mm -hmm. you guys have fun with that. But anyway, so I got through. And you had to be done by 40 minutes. Yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah. Or else like if you, so if you fail anything in the prep course, like a ruck or run or PT test, like you get recycled to the next class. So it just delays your time longer and longer, you know, recycled. What a term recycled. You yeah. get recycled. They're like, you yeah. suck. You're recycled. Go back and try it again. Uh -huh. Um, so yeah, finished the prep course and then we had a four day weekend. So we finished on like a Thursday. Then we had a four day weekend over St. Patty's day mm -hmm. and then off to selection that Tuesday. They let you take off St. Patty's day weekend. That seems like a, yeah. that's a 10. So we had a, we had a four day weekend and it was clutch because it just allowed us extra time to like get our stuff for selection ready. Mm -hmm. And like during the prep course, like the last two weeks, like I was driving around getting like, I had the packing list for selection and driving around getting everything I needed. Mm -hmm. extra uniforms different you had to get like this engineer tape sewn on your uniforms for like your roster number when you get out there like you don't wear any names you don't wear your rank you don't wear anything to identify you mm -hmm. when you're out of selection you're known as candidate that's what you're known as candidate like every, everybody then, is candidate yeah everybody's like if, especially if like the cadre is talking to you it's like candidate candidate 265 okay. that was my roster number i was 265 mm -hmm. So if they needed to ask me anything, they'd be like, 265, what are you doing? Candidate 265, da 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 So yeah, we had those four days, get prepped for selection. And then we left for selection on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. We all lined up. All 300 of us were lined up outside. There were 300 guys there waiting to hop on the buses to go out to Camp McCall where they conduct selection. So, and that's and selection the selection is... Three selection weeks. is three weeks long, 21 days, three different phases. <clears throat> um, and you can't talk week. about that, right? No, I mean, this, this is all common knowledge. So you have okay. gate week, which is like your first week, which is where you do like all your physical activities, like PT tests, obstacle courses, um, runs and rucks. That's like the whole first week. More runs and rucks. <clears throat> always, always. Are the obstacle courses rucks. really hard? No, dude, it's so fun. I had a blast on the obstacle course. Because it's just like, yeah, it's so much fun. You're climbing ropes, you're sliding down ropes, you're climbing ladders. So maybe the window washing helped because I wasn't scared of heights because I was just like run yeah. up these ladders. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, um, I mean, I've tried to climb the nets and I think I'd rather do 100 pull ups than climb the, one of those nets again. Dude, the nets are kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. But they're doable, but they're fun. So like you'll climb, yeah, there's just all these obstacles you climb. And if you're scared of heights, like you're kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. You're pretty screwed. 
How high are um, the how high? You're probably maybe like um the highest one you're on is maybe like twenty feet. Not bad. Not bad wow. at all. Still okay. still kind of up there. So yeah, not nothing like you're not that high in the air, but you're high <clears> enough to No, no. So yeah, the obstacle course was a lot of fun. You did that all at Gate Week and then Gate Week's a lot of a lot of just gear maintenance. So like there's all this like when you get the selection, there's all these like instructions you have to follow about like how your gear needs to look. Everything needs to be tied down. You need to have your roster number on everything, mm-hmm. all these things. So like during gateway, you're getting all that ready. So you're like, <clears throat> you're in the barracks with all the guys and you're like writing your roster number down on everything. You're writing it on the sleeves of your shirts. You're like tying down your canteens to your flick. Um, you're tying down a bunch of stuff to your ruck. Like everything has to be tied down. Everything has a certain like procedure and way to go. Because if like Kadri catches you and it's not how it's supposed to be, you could get dropped. And like they'll drop dudes left and right for little things like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was gate week. And then second week is way navigation. So we get bust out <clears throat> to a field training area. And then we do three days of like exercises where we're just like um, practicing, like getting used to the terrain, getting used to all these things, um, walking around. They do like a terrain walk with you. And then, so you just get used to like where you're walking and where you're going and everything like that. And then you do land nav and then the final. Is it in the mountains? Um, No, it's in the woods, the backwoods in North Carolina. Okay. So it's, it's relatively flat, but very dense forestry. Yes. So luckily we went at a great time and I was like super blessed. We, I went in that class cause like the forestry wasn't overgrown and green. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, that, that'd make it real hard to know where you're going. Yeah. When like the summer classes go, they just get, they, yeah, they get destroyed in land nav cause it's so hard to see where you're going with the forest mm-hmm. and the dense. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then the final two days of land nav are like the big test, um, that you have to pass. It's like the, the final thing. And then if you get, if you pass, um, those lab, those final two days of land navigation. And it's like all day you're, I'm like, you're walking in the woods all day from the morning, like early in the morning to like late in the afternoon, <clears throat> you're walking around trying to find your points. Mm-hmm. And then those are the final two days. And then if you make it past that, you go to team week, which is the third week. Um, and that's where you work with like a team of like 10 to 12 dudes I think you start with like 16 guys, but dudes will quit on like some of the events like left and right. Really? And you do that for four days. Oh yeah. It's insane. Like team week is team week is where selection is made. Like gate week, pretty easy. As long as you don't fail any of the, any of the events and you don't mess up easy land navigation, a little bit harder. As long as you're good with land nav. So like I was nervous going into lane nav, but I didn't do well at all in my first day. So you have to find a certain amount of points, right? Mm-hmm. And over the the final two days, mm-hmm. day one found one point, was destroyed, like a horrible day. Day two went out, found all the points I needed to, was like mm-hmm. good to move on. So I was stoked with mm-hmm. that. Um, yep. Yeah. So then day three's, I mean, excuse me, week three's the team week, and that's where. Um, you just carry heavy stuff all day. I was going to say, what I'm imagining from the video I've seen is you doing 
12 guys in a row doing sit-ups in the water with a log on your chest. No, like, so that's, that, that's like what I'm imagining. And then you get up and you carry the log on your shoulder through the water. Yeah. Um, so luckily um, we're not the seals, so we don't do anything with water. Um, so we're all on dry land. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, you carry heavy stuff all day. Your rucks on all day. And it weighs at this point, it weighs probably close to like 75 pounds. I'd say in total your ruck. Cause we have to throw in like MREs. So we have to throw in like our meals ready to eat and like the plastic things. Mm-hmm. So you have to have six of those in your ruck and those probably add another like 10 pounds. So you have that, you have all your water and then all your stuff in your ruck and you pack like extra things. Cause you want to have extra things out there at land app, mm-hmm. like paracord duct tape, all this extra stuff you got to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, team week. I mean, you care, you start at 5am. And you finish whenever you're done with all the events. So if that's, you start each day at 5 a.m. no matter what. So if you finish at like 3 a.m., guess what? You got like two hours of sleep. If you finish at 4 a.m., you got an hour of sleep. So it's just like, and then you do that. Did that happen? Yes. So this is like, (laughs) this is where where the stories will come in. Because like I flew over those phases, but there's like so much in between each one of those phases. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, man. Team week was wild. I'll back it up to like land nav. So like you're walking in the woods, right? And you have like all these things in place for emergencies, especially if like you break your leg, you get poked in the eye by a stick or you get, you you see a snake and you get bit by a snake. And I was like, oh man, geez, I hope that doesn't happen. No, it happened to a friend of mine. He got bit by a snake and they pulled him because what you're kind like, of snake? A cotton mouth dude and like because you have to cross at some points the land now you have to cross like a river and he was crossing the river and got bit by a little snake yeah his whole his whole entire left arm swelled up it bit him in the arm it bit him in the hand yeah whole entire hand swelled up they rushed into the Dang. hospital he came back and he was like holding his chest like this uh-huh. he's like yeah i'm good like they said i was fine to go hands still swollen Nothing's bothering me. So we started day two of land nav, the final day. And then I never saw him again. He was just gone. I was like, dude. And then earlier that morning, I saw a snake when I was crossing a draw. And my mm-hmm. heart stopped. So like draws are like the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's like one of the major terrain features on a map. So you like learn about all the different terrain features and how to read the topographic map and the elevation right. changes and all that stuff. Right. So the draws like, when there's like two elevations and it goes down to the middle and there's like, like streams and water runs through. Right. Right, And it just builds dense vegetation, you know? Yep. And they could be really small or they could be massive, Mm -hmm. huge. And day one, I was walking through and I was like, well, there's this big draw in front of me. I was like, there's an azimuth I got to hit, which is like the direction based off like your magnetic North and your true North. You like do all this addition to like get to magnetic north and then you follow your compass that way. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, it's on that. And I start going through this draw and it is thick, dude. Like thorns, branches in front of me. I'm like getting caught in the head by like thorns and like yanked back. My ruck's getting caught on like everything. You like hit your shin on every all these branches and dead trees. But anyway, I was in that draw for probably close to like three and a half to four hours. <laughs> still in in the draw like fighting it and at some points i was in like waist deep water i'm like 
the water's like sludge. There's like sludge and mud underneath. It's like almost a swamp because it just like sits there. Yeah. So like my feet are like stuck and I'm like trying to like lift my leg up and like take the next step and do all this stuff and like find dry ground where I can like try to meander through. But dude, it is just gnarly. Your hands will get all cut up from like thorns and vines. Like dudes would like would rip their pants completely open because they'd get caught on like thorns. And, it and would you just saw rip. a snake in this four hour yeah, vine I saw infested. It. Yeah, because it's water. It's water. And like I'm walking through it and I was like, oh man, I really hope I don't see a snake. And then I'm like walking through and you carry like a, you carry a rubber duck, which is like a dummy N16, just like a rubber eight pound M16. You know, you have to carry it yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I just see it and I'm like in waist deep of water. And I was like, well, I can't go anywhere. So if this snake sees me, like, I guess I'm fighting this freaking snake with my dummy rifle, but it was terrifying, dude. You didn't uh, have a knife or anything. I, I had a Leatherman on my belt, but I wasn't going to like pull it out and like, <laughs> like try to stab this. You didn't snake, have like, you, know? you didn't have a, like a, no, bl- a six ha- inch blade or anything like survival no, knife I, or a, no, I didn't bring one. A lot of guys did. I didn't bring one. I was like, I'm never going out there again with that one. I learned a lot. Yeah, I was like, um, you need you need a hunting knife or yeah, like a John Rambo knife, dude. <laughs> so yeah, for all the snakes. So how long did you stand the there just with the snake watching you? No, the snake slithered by. It didn't bother me too long, but it just stopped me. But yeah, mm-hmm. dude. At some points, I like stood in the water and I was like, well, I don't know how to get out of here. I'm like crawling, trying to like take my ruck off. It was a mess. That was probably like my craziest land nav story. Like it was mm-hmm. just like, wow, that really sucks. I don't yeah. wish that on my worst enemy. Draws are, they're horrible. They'll like eat you alive. Yeah. And what happened during um, team week? Dude, so team week is just like, yeah, you have, so the first two days you have like one team, like the same guys those first two days. And then the last two days you switch and do another team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, it's, um, However long it takes you to finish all the events through the day is however how long, long it takes, takes. you. It, it, yeah. it dictates how much you can sleep. So like the first day my team and I got back, there were 10 teams that started team week. So at this point, like I said, we started selection with 310 guys. By the time we hit team week, we had 120 dudes. Wow. Yeah. So okay. they drop guys. They drop guys in gate week for failing different events. Dudes will quit in the middle of the night, like literally. You said three ten like, down to one hundred and twenty. Yeah, so dudes will quit in the middle of the night. They'll just be like, "Yeah, this isn't. I'm not doing this." And then we're like, "You'll wow. never see him again." Mm-hmm. So there were ten teams starting team week with about sixteen dudes. Day one, we had two dudes quit on our team during the first, the first and second, like part of team week. They just quit. They're like, "Yep, I'm out." The truck, and yeah. you still have to finish your activities, even with even a smaller team. Oh yeah, and sometimes okay. they'll pull the equipment, like the equipment you have. Sometimes they won't, and you have to carry their equipment. Just like, thanks a lot, dude. Thanks for making me carry more stuff. Um, Jeez. So first day we got back at like six thirty. We were in third place out of ten teams. So we were in third place. We were we we're like, oh, this is sick. We're like, this is not bad. We're chilling. So we got the rest of the evening to basically just kind of like stretch, recover, eat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, yeah, day two, we're going out. Our team, we're stoked. We're like, yeah, we won't have that happen again. Whew, dude, day two wrecked us. Just destroyed us. <laughs> like, 
you like, oh my God, it was so bad. I mean, we were just like carrying things for so long. Um, heavy things with your ruck, throwing like telephone poles to so our telephone poles evolved. All this stuff. Um, yeah, you know, they got to throw one of those in there. Did you do sit-ups um, with a telephone pole? Tell me you no, did. No, we never had to do, we never uh, had to do sit-ups. We never had to do sit-ups. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, like all day. And we didn't get back the worst. Dude, this was the worst. Like this was like my worst selection thing. It got – so day one of team week, it was like 85 degrees. Dudes are like heat catting, which are they're like getting rabdo because it's so hot and they're carrying all this weight and they're just like mm-hmm. collapsing from the heat. And then within less than 24 hours, um, kids were getting hypothermia. The weather switched like this and really, oh my God, it was miserable. So like the rain started at 7 PM on day two of team week. My team had just gotten to like our final stretch we had to do. We still had like another three miles from 7 PM. It rained pretty much nonstop the wind. And like when it's like, it's not like out in Colorado where it's like a dry cold. It's like it's it was humid. only it's humid. Yeah, it's freezing. And the wind will blow and the rain. It's horrible. And it was only like 44, 45 degrees, you know? Yeah, but it feels Which like it's like 20. The, yeah. Oh. That's how it is up so, here in Boston when it rains. Yeah, I can imagine. So the um the um yeah, so Tuesday night. I say Tuesday night. My days are all messed up. It was like a Thursday night. Day two of team week. <laughs> like day two of team week. A blur. Started raining. Blur. 7 p.m. It, everything literally is a blur. You lose track of any sense of the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was so cold. Kids were like it, – anyway, it took us till 2, 2.30 to get back, 2.30 in the morning. And we're soaking wet. You, 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 like, you can't dry off. Like, and like, when I mean like 12 dudes, just like shivering. So you went from 5 a.m. Yeah. In the rain, the freezing rain with 12 dudes until 2.30 a.m. Yeah. So it didn't start raining. We started 5 a.m. day two. It didn't start raining until 7 p.m. Okay. But you, you still sat through seven and a half hours worth of rain. Yes. And then had to sleep. You got to sleep for two hours. Oh, we got an hour of sleep. One hour of sleep, and then you woke up to do it again? Yes. I don't even think I would have laid down for sleep. I think I would have just been like. No, we were were so cold. Like, it was, this was like, when you're like sucking that bad with like your friend, because I had a few few of my friends on that team. Uh It's just like randomly selected. When you're sucking that bad, it is just like, I just kind of started laughing. Because I was like, I was like, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. Like, we're shivering and we're trying to talk like this, and we're trying to push this thing, and like nobody can talk. Like everybody's so cold. Like they don't let you wear any rain gear. You can't wear any rain gear. And like you're just you're dripping wet. You're soaking wet. Your ruck weighs like a million pounds now because the rain the rain water logged it. At one point, our cadre, because they walk with you, they're like the, called a walker. They walk with your team. So, because they're like taking notes and like assessing you and then writing you down and everything. Like, 265 did this. I liked that. They, that's probably not what they write, but you know, they're just like 265 this. This guy sucks type thing. Uh-huh. Um, 
yeah, it was like my buddy and I, Tyler, we just like, we're like, we looked at each other and we just like kind of started crying because we're like, this sucks so bad. Like we just want to go home, but we're like shaking. Um, it was a, it was a trip, but yeah, they let us like change our t-shirts into a dry t-shirt and a dry top. Mm-hmm. And I was sick for like the five minutes we were warm. And then now all Probably of our felt so good. Were soaked. It felt so good, man. I had never felt better in my life putting on a dry t-shirt. Um, and so, so anyway, how, is it is is that third week? Is it five days or is it seven days? It's four days of team week, and then you have the final, the trek, which is like a long ruck. You have to do a long ruck over three days. Yeah, yeah, over wow. one day. Over like one, day. one day thing. Yeah. Okay. So that was day two of team week. We got back like at. 2 a.m. We went and did peers, like peer evaluations. So like after day after your team, you like sit down on a computer and you like look at all the roster numbers of your team and you rate them because peers is a big thing during team week. So you rate like your team, like this guy on my team. I don't remember anybody's roster number, but like 101, he sucked. I didn't like him. I mean, you just like write this stuff and it's 2 a.m. and you're tired and you just want to go lay down. And like, I was literally falling asleep at the computer because it's a warm room. That's the first time you've been warm in like eight hours. Yeah. That temperature and, change, I bet wanted to like oh, put you out dude, on and top like, of the, just like, the, yeah. Like you're just clicking and just like not enough. <laughs> and I, it was, it was bad. So then we got an hour of sleep. I put on some like long, like long John underwear and like a top, you know, to just like warm up. Mm-hmm. And that hour was like, it was a very restful hour, I will say, because you're just like, your body's so tired and it just needs it. And then you wake up and then you're like, oh my God, here we go. Day three. I was like, only two days left. Only two days left. Um, so, and then it didn't stop raining on day three. So we, it stopped raining for like the morning, but then like right around lunchtime, it started pouring rain again. And like Forrest Gump out there. Dude, straight up. Rain from and the side, it came from sometimes up underneath. Come <laughs> up underneath. That's exactly it. But it didn't stop. Um, so day three was was wild because so many kids were getting hypothermia and cold catting that they pulled us out of the field. Like they stopped day three of team week because like thirty some dudes just like collapsed and got cold catted, you know, and like got hypothermia. Wow. Because it was just gnarly. Everybody was soaking wet. Like, and I was at the point like, oh, I missed the pivotal part. Now you can go I back. was at like, like Tuesday night, not Tuesday night, whatever. Day two of team week that night was like the coldest ever. So like mm-hmm. day three, I was like, all right, this is just cold. This is going to suck. Like, I know we'll be okay. We just got to keep moving, you know, because I'd like already done it for eight hours. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we just got to like keep moving. This will be fine. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, they pulled us out of the field. They pulled everybody out training at Camp McCall. There's a bunch of other schools there. They pulled them out of the field because kids were getting hypo. I say kids, but guys were getting hypothermia and mm-hmm. just freezing. So, like, they let us dry off, dry all of our clothes off, all of that. So, that was like the end. How of long day did they pull you out for? Six, like seven or eight hours. Oh, wow. Were you allowed yeah. to sleep or anything? Or was it like, hey, uh, sit here yeah. awake? I mean, like, you weren't allowed to sleep, but like, we slept. You slept. They say that all the time. Like, no sleeping. Dude, we slept. 100%. Like, guys are just zonked. 
just out. It's so funny. It's funny when you like live with or you experience all that with like 300 dudes. It's just yeah. like, dude, it's a trip. Um, showering like, is a lot of fun. You guys like bonded. Yeah. Showering is a lot of fun with 300 dudes and like a massive shower. That's fun. And you have like 20 minutes to do it. That's a good time. Um, I hope everybody listening doesn't take that the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't take that the wrong like, way. Don't take that the wrong way. That It's just fun hanging out, but naked um, with a bunch of dudes in the shower. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. just fun things dude i've never like anyway i won't go there but um so that was the end of day three but date like i said the night of day two i was so cold i don't think any other time i had thought about like man i want to quit like i was having fun like out at land nav i was like this is what i want to do this is what i've wanted to train for this is what i've wanted to like accomplish my whole life i was like i'm stoked mm-hmm. to be here I'm going to give it my all, like everything I got and like leave the rest in the Lord's hand, you know? And so, but the night when it was first raining for us and we were like freezing and like dying, I had never like questioned the Lord's existence before or like, but I like, dude, I didn't know how to pray. And like, I literally, like we had our rucks off and I like, I'm walking over to my ruck to like put it back on. And I'm like... I'm like, Lord, if you're real, please help me right now. <laughs> like, and it wasn't like one of those things where it was like, I never questioned he wasn't real because I know he's real. I'm like, he's so prevalent in my life. Like, but like, I'm like, I need a miracle right now. Like, bring down fire, like Elijah. I like, I wanted to like, just being so desperate for like so much help. And dude, all I could say was help. That's all the words that came out of my mouth. I was just like, under my breath, I was like, help, help. I couldn't even say like, Lord, help. I was just like, help, like, I please. need help, please, help, help. And please, I, please, don't abandon help. me, please. Don't, don't, don't leave me here. And I just like threw my ruck on and just kept going and we made it through. So, and then day four was like, everybody was, you can tell it's like day four, it's the last day. Everybody's kind of shutting down. Cause like, oh, I just have to get through this day. Oh, and I had a new team on day three, day three and four as well. So you're like getting used to the new guys working with dudes who like freaking suck and just like cannot carry their weight and dudes who can. So it's like that hard, like conflict. This one dude couldn't even use his right hand. He got like ruck palsy. Happens to a lot ruck of guys. Palsy. Yeah. It happens to a lot of guys. The weight just like shuts himself. down the nerves in their arm and their hand doesn't work anymore. hundred percent. No hand. You have one hand. Cause like they're just carrying their ruck all the time. Yeah. So yeah, the, the team was good, but it was also like we had like half the team was like a bunch of studs, and then half of the other team was like kind of whack, and it was just like pain in the butt. So it's like hard to do that when you're like trying to carry this because like you could, some of them you could tell were putting out, some of them weren't, some of them didn't want to be there, or were just trying to like skate by. Yeah, but how many people got selected of the? If you, I don't even know if you can answer that. Of the 120 yeah. that were left, how many people end up getting selected? Yeah, so they, um, so like dudes quit so much during the rain and the cold. Like we had one guy on our team. This was hilarious. We're all out there. Kadri drives around a lot, like trying to be like, hey, who wants to quit? Like VDUB, which is like voluntary withdrawal. They try to get people to do it all the time. And, um, <laughs> it's raining. This Kadri rolls up and he goes, Candidates, 
he's like talking to our whole team. He's like, it's cold. This job isn't for everybody. Who wants to quit? I don't want to keep coming out here. And like, everybody's like looking around and we're like, no, sorry, we're good. This one dude, he goes, yeah, I quit. And he just like leaves, gets in the truck and has gone. I was like, all right, dude, sick. Um, but anyway, they do, uh, they do a final reaper. They call it, we call them reaper formations. That's where they like, they line everybody up. Sergeant stands in front of us on like this platform looking down on us. And he goes, candidates, if I hear your roster number, make a separate formation. And he'll just like read off roster numbers and whatever roster number he reads off, like those dudes are dropped. So you can go through the whole 21 days of selection, finish every event, do everything, and then get dropped the final day and not selected. And that was like, wow. And like, so when they did that, like everybody's so nervous. Oh, you're so nervous. You're just like, I'm like, well, we'll see what happens. And like, I was like the night before I was like talking to a few, like the Christians I had met in selection and everything. And I was like reading through Philippians, um, Romans eight, like all things work together for the good of that. And I was like, all right, Lord, like this is in your hands. Like I gave it everything I had. I did all I could do. And it's up to you, you know, just kind of like with the run back in the very beginning of this, like, oh, hey, mm. I'm going to let kind of that decide it. And I'm still going to do this thing no matter what. I'm going to ride it till the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do the final Reaper and like my roster number was 265 and they're like going down the line. The dude behind me was 267. We were the only guys left to like the 260s mm-hmm. and they're calling it off. And I hear two six and my heart stops. And then they called two six seven. And I was like, oh, I was like, thank the Lord. But I was also like two six seven was a good dude. So I was kind of bummed to see him go. Mm -hmm. But anyway, and then they're just gone. So in total, they ended up selecting 92, 92 of us. Wow. So we had a high, we had a high selected class. Normally it's Mm -hmm. like around 60 to 70 dudes, Mm -hmm. but I would, I would say we had a really good class. We had a really strong, there was a lot of strong guys in the class. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of strong dudes, a lot of dudes who could also run fast, but mm-hmm. like it, like it pays to be strong for team week because like you're carrying like 200 pounds on your back for hours and hours and hours and for hours. hours for hours yeah. you're deadlifting. There is like hundreds of pounds. As you're talking about all this stuff, I'm like, Jim doesn't count like the <laughs> anymore. Like, oh, cool. You did three sets of 10. You don't know nothing. I'm yeah, like, listen, it, to you. I'm like, I need to go. In a different, I need to go run a, a couple miles. I'm going to go run a couple miles with a backpack on. Like, yeah, it's, I don't even know if I would make it. Yeah. It's a different perspective. It really like, it really showed me like, like it, it, that's the hardest thing I've, I've had. Like physically, I've, it was the hardest thing I've had to do to date, you know, and there will be harder yeah. things I'll have to do in my army career going forward. But that really shows you like how you respond when you're in those periods of just physical exhaustion. It shows you like, but like the work you do prior to that, if it's in the gym, squatting, lifting will help a lot. But yeah, it'll help. Yeah. That's, that is pure mental endurance, like forcing your body to go beyond like what you thought it was capable of. That's incredible. It was all, it was all. And like, like I said, like the cold was like definitely the hardest part for so many dudes. Um, that's where I lost the most weight. That's where I lost the most weight. Um, it was just, it was just wild. Um, 
Wow. Yeah, but mentally, you just like, and I just kept telling myself mentally, I was like, I was like, well, this is what I've wanted to do um, for so long. And hold on, sorry. There we go. You're good. Um, wanted to do for so long, wanted to push through. And I was like, yeah, I'm not quitting this thing. Like, I'm going to ride this, like I said, till the wheels fall off. And yeah, I did. And I was super stoked, really proud of myself and just was like. Um, I was going to ask, what, how, what do you feel now? What do you think now? Now you've got, I mean, cause that is a rigid test mm-hmm. do. And so I guess I, I feel like I would feel almost invincible. Like what else can you throw at me other than a you, bullet, but other than a bullet, other than a bullet, you do feel that way. Cause you see the dudes who haven't been selected yet. Um, or anything like that. And you're just like, Oh, I'm a little bit better than you. Um, <laughs> like you just kind of walk around, text, check your text. Sorry. Hey, we don't Side, edit the sidebar. podcast. Yeah. We don't Remember? edit it. I'm just yelling it's... at my dad right now. Sidebar. Um, Mr. You mean Mr. Swift? Yeah. Mr. Swift, Mr. Swift yeah. over here. Um, yeah, you, you feel pretty dang invincible. You feel on top of the world. You ride the high for sure. Cause you like, look at the other dudes and you're like, Oh, you haven't been selected yet, <laughs> but no, but you'd still like, it is still a big thing. Like I still have so much to go through and so much to do to get to the final right. end. Um, you're still, you still have to humble yourself and be like very humble, but it does teach you a lot about yourself. It taught me a lot about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and who yeah, I what'd am. you learn? What'd like, you learn about yourself? Yeah. Sorry. I'm saying goodbye to my nephew real quick. Bye, Say buddy. goodbye. Um, yeah, it learns that I learned to trust the Lord in so many ways that I don't think I'd have in the past because going through it all, like the, I had like so many other verses memorized and everything, but like the one verse I said probably a million times was Proverbs three, five. For some reason that was the one I was just in my head and it's just trusting the Lord with all your heart. And I would just say that. And I was like, lean not on my own understanding. Cause there was a few times I thought I was going to get dropped. I was like, well, I'm going to get dropped for that. And I was like, well, I just kept saying, trust mm. the Lord, lean out on this. Yeah. And I was very, I was very confident in that. Like I was, I was so confident, not that I was going to get selected, but that I was going to be okay. And it was confidence based off wow. of everything I had like gone through before and like stuff like conversations I'd had with my dad prior to selection about like him believing in me and him trusting me and him confident that like I'll get through it and believing it. Yes. And like everybody else and like everybody who's like praying for me, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, is this braggy? But I was like, no, it's okay to like brag on like the Lord because it talks about that. And like the end, like, this is not me. Like, this is like the Lord getting me through this and like walking me through this. And I'm like confident in him that as long as I put out and do my part, like he'll show up and do the rest. I think that's like one thing I learned as well. It's like, you can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to like kind of sandbag this and like, Oh, the Lord will help me get through selection. It's like, no, like you have to put do out your as part. much, do your part. Hunter, and I think I really learned that. And I, I didn't even pray that much when I was out there. Cause you're just so focused on this. And you were too and cold to say words, too cold to say words. So help, focused help, on the help, end goal. Help. Help, 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 help me, please. <laughs> and um, I would say that like when I was tired and I'd like, 
honestly, I was on the verge of tears multiple times just mm. from like, just pure everything. I was just like, okay, help, help, help. Cause you're like deadlifting, carrying all this crap. Like it's wild. Um, and I had like, I didn't even, I prayed, I didn't pray. And it wasn't because I was like, oh, I'll be okay. But it was like, I knew there were so many people behind me praying for me and like mm-hmm. low key, like not low key, like high key. I felt those prayers like help me get through a lot of different things. So and I just, I felt this, like this drive and this momentum to be like, all right, like I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep putting it out. And I never felt defeated. There were a few times mentally where I felt defeated, but I like reached out to one of the guys that I'd like knew was a Christian. Cause we had talking a little bit and, Oh my gosh, excuse me. He was an officer mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey man, like struggling after it was during lane. Now. I was like, Hey, struggling after lane. Now definitely fighting a lot of mental stuff. And he's like, Oh, I was like, Hey, will you pray for me out there? And he's like, Oh, absolutely. So he was like, we talked a little bit in that just like little bit of fellowship. Mm-hmm. I could tell lifted my spirits and I was like ready to go. Yeah. And then I went out day two and found out all the points I needed to find. And you know, I'm like on my last point when I got there, like, the dude was there. His name's Harry. He was mm-hmm. there. And he was like, oh, I was praying for you, dude. You get all the points. And I was like, I did. And he's like, yes. Mm. So that was awesome. So yeah, I learned so much um, about trusting the Lord, doing your mm-hmm. part, putting the work in. And you like, sound more time, confident. Yeah, I feel very, I feel very confident more in who I am. Like, and so, yeah, the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, all that stuff from the last four years that preceded this trial that you overcame and you pushed through that you conquered. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you also conquered whatever was holding onto you and dragging you down in the last four years? Yeah, I, um, yes, in a lot, in a lot of ways. I remember this. So like this time exactly last year I was in airborne school and I remember on my birthday, which is Sunday, um, I don't know. Your kid better be he's either holding off or your kid's coming around that time. Um yeah. no comment. No comment. No comment. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I remember just like reading Isaiah and just like the the Isaiah where it's like this is the year of the Lord's favor. Yeah, Isaiah. You know, 61. and I just mm-hmm. sixty one. Yep. And I just felt that. And I, I was reading it last year at Airborne School exactly at this time. And I was like, because before, like you said, so defeated and a lot of different things. And I was like, all right, like what's going to happen? I was like, I just need to freaking win. And I've been thinking that for a long time. And I've had little wins throughout those years, you know, that like helped that like help you keep going and Mm -hmm. help you like drive through, whether it's just like, like when I moved to San Diego, like finding that community and building that community was like a huge win, but also at the same time, you're still going through like all this other crap that you're like fighting through. It's like nice to have that. But anyway, Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, this is the year of like the Lord's favor. And I've, I kept that in the back of my mind going through everything. And now like literally a year later, I've been selected, you know, like my knee's fine. Like I did like, Oh, at selection, I barely felt my knee. I kind of forgot it was hurt. It didn't hurt at all. I didn't like when I was doing all the runs and rucks, like I didn't feel it pain, nothing. It was wild. I kind of, I forgot it was hurt. I was like, oh yeah, like I better be careful. Like my knees kind of hurt, but I was like, I didn't feel it at all. Like I was just like, hundred percent ready to go. So that was like definitely a blessing and a huge thing. Um. So, yeah, that 
I felt like it got me through a lot of that and a lot of that stuff is behind. And now that I have like a direct clear path of where I'm going, because before selection, you don't know what's going to happen. Like I could have been kicked out and been somewhere completely different, but you know, now I'm here with what I wanted to do. And it's like definitely such a clear path. I have a clear vision. I know what job I'm going to have now. I know what I have to do that I have to finish the Q course, which is the qualification course, which is the next year of schooling I will go through before I even get the title of special forces. You know, like I said, like selection is just the application to get into the school. Yeah. You know, so I still have so long, so much to learn, so much to experience and do, but yeah, yeah, yeah you, you're bringing like a new Ethan in though, because you, I mean, you conquered suffering is what you did. Yeah. And there, there is something for men, especially when life's beat you up, the win you need is like, you need to suffer a lot and win is what you really yes. need. You need it has to, be, need it has, like, it has to be physical. Like, you have to fight through it and win. Like you have to be like, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. Like until you bless almost me. until, until I, until you bless me. Yeah. yeah. Or in, like until I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's extreme. But like, until you bless me, it's just like that with like Jacob when you wrestled, mm-hmm. you know, and got the new name. So yeah, there is definitely something to that. And, but also at the same time, like, you know that. And then I'm like, exactly what you said. It's like, okay, I did that. I'm like, what's next? Like, what can I do next? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to be surrounded by a bunch of guys in the Q course as well, who are like, have that mentality. Mm-hmm. Like my buddy, I went to selection with, he signed up for a 30 mile race in wow. less than a month. And he's like, I've never mm-hmm. ran 30 miles before. He's like, I've done a lot of stuff in selection where I've like walked close to that with like 80 pounds mm-hmm. on my back. So why wouldn't yeah. I be able to run it? Right. Like, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So you suffer through that much, you conquer all of that. And then you just like, you want to keep going with it and you want to keep pressing through and moving on um, mm-hmm. through all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, suffering, so suffering Physical is a wild suffering. thing, but it, it teaches is. you so many Especially things. if you don't try to escape it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to believe cause I've, I've just heard too many stories and had too many of myself where I'm like, until you've wrestled and not given up, you mm-hmm. have no idea who you are. Like yeah. your personality assessments don't matter until you have wrestled through suffering and, yeah. and not given up. Cause that, that's where well, you figure out everything. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, you, you love Teddy Roosevelt so much. Like that's what he did. Sure do do all he i mean if you read any of his stuff like he went through all that physical suffering and did that and walked out the other side and mm-hmm. it's just such a learning it teaches you so much that I'm, actually, I'm working on a an essay about his suffering yeah you are and how it made him who he was yeah and yeah. It, it does it really shapes you mm, that's so good but and it's like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to do what i did to do it there's so many other ways and yeah. Go climb a mountain. Climb a mountain. Mm-hmm. Or like you said one time on one of your podcasts, I think you said like go walk 10 miles or something like that. Go walk 10 miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can do what I'm trying to do this summer and run a triathlon. Yeah. You know, just like it's like always seeking that out, trying to find that like getting into that mm-hmm. that period where you're like, wow, this is going to really hurt and suck, but I'm just going to like keep going one step at a time. Yeah. You know? Amen. Did speaking of, so we're doing this group triathlon in July, yeah. uh-huh. and one of the guys on 
one of the guys that's doing it with us was in the army. He did four years in the army and uber fit guy, real Mm -hmm. fit. And so we decided we're going to do these partner run intervals, 800 meter intervals. Disgusting. Yeah. So, well, up to, up into 3.2 miles. So, and so he went and then his brother went, who was also really fit. And then me, you know, it was like one to one. Mm -hmm. And, I went with him on his first run and I was trying to keep up with him because I like, I, no one told us we were sprinting. We were going to like go fast, but he shot out of the gates like a rocket. And so I tried to keep up with him and his first lap, he fit, he beat me by eight seconds. Mm -hmm. I was crushed because I haven't been running as much as I would. Well, I don't run that much anyway. I need to run more by the, by the end of our workout. He was four and a half minutes ahead of me. That's wild. Dude. He was half a mile in front of yeah. me. And yeah. we both got, we got to rest. Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was, so I'm like, now I'm going to go, I'm going to just start running every single day. And there, well, yeah. then I got to swim and all that stuff. And you know how fast I swim. I, oh yeah. Dude, you're a, <laughs> yeah. a regular shark, trail, huh? dude. That was a fun day. <laughs> yeah. But Ethan, uh, before we hang up, Mm-hmm. And get off this call. Is there anything else you'd like for anybody to know, or you what you want to share? Mm. No, I'd say if I mean, like for me, like the big, like I said, the big lesson was just trusting the Lord through that. Mm. No matter like what you're going through, like mm. the job or whatever it is, that's just kind of like sucking. Um, like seek out that physical suffering and just know that like if other people, I also learned how important it is to believe and not doubt um I'll go off on that tangent a little bit um believe yeah, in like that. what you're gonna do and like what you're gonna accomplish and not doubt yourself and i think that's why proverbs 3 5 is just stuck in my head so much and i think and there's also a verse in joshua towards the end i think it's like joshua 21 25 where it's like and all the promises the lord spoke over israel came true you know so it's like okay you have to believe these things no matter how impossible they seem they're going to come. You know, like mm. I said, selection was that huge mountain in front of me, but I did believe I could get through. And my dad believed I could get through. And like everybody else did. Mm. And that like believing and not allowing those kind of like doubts and those things of like, Oh, like my personality will not fit down the road on like a green beret team or an ODA mm. or overseas or those things like that. Or like, Oh, I'm not, you know, just that, that type of guy or mm. and f- fill in the blank right there with that so it's mm. like believing no matter what that like hey i'm gonna go f- for this and not doubting it and yeah that i think i learned that a lot and mm. yeah there can was i ask you a question a, yeah because you've talked about your dad a couple times did mm-hmm. did your dad believing in you did that catapult you absolutely was it was that the, probably the most important person to believe in you it, that was pretty big. Yeah, it was pretty big um, to have my dad believe in me. And then, you know, like having the support from, you know, like my girlfriend just being like, hey, like, I'm here for you when you get back, go do the thing, you know? And I was like, all right, like that. And then my dad as well. And it was a big mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I'll share a little bit about that, my testimony and that with my dad. But my mom had cancer um, back in 2017. She's like fully healed and in remission now and everything. Um, praise the Lord. And my dad and like the rest of my family was kind of struggling with it as we all were. 
but I had a lot of faith and I believed that I knew my mom was going to be well. And I rode mm. that for so long. And I remember like, cause I mean, it was just my dad and I living at the house together at the time. And I would just keep telling my dad, I was like, dad, like, I know mom will be okay. I know she's going to get through this. Like, I believe it. I have the faith for it. And he had lost his mom to cancer when he was my age, um, like his early twenties. So he knew that pain already. Wow. And, um, <clears throat> when my mom was like healing and in remission, he comes up to me and he's like, Hey, Ethan, like, I just wanted to say like, your faith and your believing helped me get through everything with my mom at the time. And that like, that took me off guard and I didn't know how to handle that. You know, I, for, for years, I didn't know like how to handle that or like, I was like, Oh, is that too much? Like he's putting too much emotional burdens on me to like do that. Like anyway. Um, so, I, but that was always in the back of my head and him saying like he believed in me to do that, like get through selection. He like knew I could do it was huge. And then it was really cool. And it was a really special moment. Like when I got back from selection on a Friday, like you don't have your phone. Nobody knows where you're at. Nobody knows what you're doing. And call my dad and you know, my dad sees a man of very few words, but I call him and he answers the phone and I'm like, Hey dad. He's like, Hey Ethan. And he's just silent on the phone and he doesn't say anything else. I'm like, hey, like, remember that time with mom when you said, like, my faith and my belief helped you get through everything with that? And he goes, yeah, I sure do. And I go, well, hey, thanks for returning the favor because your belief and everything helped me get through, like, this selection and that thing. And it was just, like, he was so stoked. And it was just, like, a really special moment in that bond that I had um, with my dad. So that's why I said that, like, believing, like, believing you can do it and not doubting it. And believing the promises that have spoken over you, believing like those people who are important in your life have said these things over you, believing those will come to pass um, is huge. And like, so yeah, I've just, I've learned what believing and trusting is kind of like through those times and those moments. Wow. Dang. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about that one for a minute. And all of the dads listening... Go back and re-listen to that and then cement that on your into your brain. Because mm. that's huge. My gosh. It was huge. Dang. Okay. I'm a little teary-eyed over here, but it's fine. I know. Yeah, it's okay. You've uh, seen me cry a thousand times. <laughs> wow. Dang. Well, thank you for finishing off with that. And I think we're just going to leave it at that because that is a powerful yeah. way to end. So, Ethan, proud of you. Thanks for coming thank you, on. Keaton. Of course. Thanks for having me again. And to everyone else, I hope you love this episode. If you did, please share this with a friend or two. Share it with a dad who needs to hear that last 10 minutes. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.